Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul. to a live edition of Weigh-In Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarvin, bringing you the last show of 2014 for Weigh-In Sports Talk. It's been a great year, a lot to cover tonight in a short period of time, so bear with us, buckle in, because we're going to go fast tonight and cover a lot of things. You know, in my line of work, you know, I do something besides the radio. I mean, go figure that. You know, I'm not a professional here. And don't claim to be, but my line of work is very, very busy, especially the last week of the year. So won't be able to get a show in Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. December 31st is Wednesday, so that's usually our normal show time, but we will not be having a show unless it's just something very, very quick. But we're here tonight. The NFL playoffs are, are coming into form. We know who's in at least. There's still the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game left tonight to see who goes where in the AFC, but both teams are in the playoffs. And we're going to discuss the major bowl games that are coming up, mainly New Year's Eve and on. So a lot to cover. A lot has happened in the sports world. But I want to first congratulate Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers for that (laughs) just shellacking of the Atlanta Falcons today in Atlanta. I I heard all week last week how the Falcons were going to rise up and and make it into the playoffs. But 34-3, the Carolina Panthers come in. And and I've heard Panthers fans already blaming the defense. But if you want to look at one thing today, and all you have to look at if you watch this game, was the defensive line of Carolina dominated the game. It caused a lot of problems for the Falcons, and it wasn't their defense. The defense didn't play terrible. They they did struggle to stop the run, but at the end of the day, the Carolina Panthers' defensive front just just annihilated the offensive line. All those interceptions that Matt Ryan threw, the pick sixes, it was a result of pressure on the quarterback. And we have with us our co-host of this fine show, Trey Patterson. Trey, man, what did you think of the Panthers-Falcons game? Well, it was, uh, I mean, I'll be honest, one of the more boring games of the day uh, ended a lot like I thought it would. Did not think, I mean, this is two six and nine teams pretty much playing for a playoff spot, which is kind of ridiculous. But the Carolina Panthers are in. Uh, now they'll see if they can cause some havoc. Uh, being a, Last time we saw a, a, a team this poor make the postseason, the Seahawks actually won a playoff game. So you never know. Well, you look at Carolina and, and, you know, they've gotten better over the past five weeks. The offensive line's playing better. You, you go back and look at that. The defense is starting to resemble last year's defense, Trey. I mean, playing Arizona, hosting Arizona in the playoffs next week, I mean, it's it, it's not going to be, you know, too far off if they win that game. But what kind of chances do you give the Panthers of going into Lambeau or going into Seattle and winning a game? I don't think they have much of a shot past Arizona. I mean, Arizona's playing with a third-string quarterback. Maybe if Stanton comes back, I'd give them a shot. 
uh, in Carolina, but unfortunately for Arizona, they're offensively sort of struggling right now with a third-string quarterback in Lindley. Uh, and the Carolina defense is, is pretty good, I mean, even even for first-string quarterbacks. So um, I look at Carolina as a favorite next week, and then the next week after that they're going to get blown out. Well, I want to ask you about, you know, the, the way the Atlanta Falcons handled, you know, getting rid of Smith as their coach. Don't you think they should have waited until – after this game, before you start throwing that out in the media? Because think about if you're the Falcons coach. I mean, if you know you're gone, what what kind of motivation do you have to win, really? Well, I mean, Jim Harbaugh was in a situation with the 49ers where he knew he was out after this year with the 49ers and the Raiders and, of course, uh, you know, the Raiders and, and uh, obviously the Michigan Wolverines are going to make a run at him for, for $8 million or so a year. But, uh, you know, he still coached pretty well in his final game. Yeah, and yeah, I just think the Falcons are, in general, they're a, a very dumb organization. And if you, you look at baseball, football, basketball, there, there's one thing in common with Atlanta. They choke, they lose. You can even look at the Georgia Bulldogs. You can even go that far. The Georgia Bulldogs, a terrible football team, they choke. The fans allow it and put up with it, just like the Braves. I mean, they suck. The ownership's bad, and their fans are okay with, you know, maybe we make the playoffs, and if we lose, oh, well. But it's accepted here, and if you're Smith, you got to be happy that you're leaving this organization. But I just want to know, really, who are the names out there you're throwing out for the Falcons' job? I've heard Gus Malzahn. I don't think that'll happen. But, I mean, who are you going to get better than the coach you had? At least the players played for this guy. and they, The Falcons are a soft team. Until they get that offensive line – intact where they want it to go. They're not going to be a contender, really. And this division's bad. So, I mean, for them to even make it as far as they did this year, I mean, it's not the coach's fault, I don't think. I just think it's a, a personnel issue. They're going to – it's just like Dallas. We we blame Romo. We blame Garrett. But as soon as they started piling up that offensive line, you started seeing a team that's capable of making a deep run into the postseason and winning a Super Bowl. But that brings us to Harbaugh. Harbaugh goes out a winner in San Francisco – San Francisco and Harbaugh has agreed to part ways. And it looks like, Trey, that, that he's going to be the Michigan Wolverines coach. I mean, maybe I'm crazy. You tell me what you think, Trey. I think this Jim Harbaugh savior of Michigan is just a little far-fetched. I mean, they're paying him too much money. And I'll ask you, Trey, really, Paul Ewing sent something out, a link, and, and he was arguing about it. What has Harbaugh done to actually think that, that he's going to come into Michigan and just – win championships. I mean, I haven't seen anything in college, really, that impressed me. Well, I didn't, didn't, I think, Tarvin, you need to be more impressed because, I mean, Jim Harbaugh turned around a very uh, hard place to win in Stanford. I mean, think about uh, if, you know, a guy went into Stanford or, excuse me, Vanderbilt and turned him into a BCS contender year in, year out. That'd be pretty impressive. That's what, that's what Jim Harbaugh did at Stanford and recruited guys, not only recruited guys, but made guys like Andrew Luck stay until their senior year. I mean, you know, that kind of guy, that kind of coach uh, where it was, was getting top-tier athletes to come play at a university that is not known for – I mean, let's put it this way. Stanford will spend, you know, $10 million on a science lab uh, versus a football facility, and that's just the way the organization is set up. And that's not all about – Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about uh, that, but, I mean, I think he's a great coach, Trey. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, I think he's more of an NFL coach 
Danny is a college coach, and I, you know sometimes you can be a great college coach and not be an NFL coach. But Harbaugh's shown he can do both. I mean, that's hard to do. Well, and people said in 2004 when Nick Saban was with Dolphins, and, and basically Bama offered him a, a, all right, uh, a bunch of money. All right, I'm gonna put Trey on mute just a second. But Harbaugh went. He was at Stanford. And, and he 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 didn't win anything. I mean, he he got a team up, but he never won a championship or anything. But he did get Andrew Luck. He had Andrew Luck while he was at Stanford. So a part of me can argue Trey that that his success at Stanford was due to having Andrew Luck. If you look at yeah, he had a tight end or two and and things like that. But just just because you you go in and beat Southern Cal or something, and, and maybe you win a Pac-12. I mean that's not enough to to sit here and say that that he deserves eight million a year, and and that's all I'm saying. I mean without Andrew Luck, where would Harbaugh be? Well, I mean you got to recruit the players to um, to to make that happen. I mean he did. So, oh, hold on. All right, Trey, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put you off for a minute and uh, let me know when you you can come back on. But you know I look at Harbaugh in Michigan. It's not a I mean it's it's a place where they can recruit the players I guess but I don't know I mean I at first I thought this Harbaugh deal was great you know when I was hearing about it but the more I think about it the more I started digging into what he did at Stanford really and yeah he he beat Southern Cal when he was a forty point underdog one time but Andrew Luck being the quarterback. Can, can really make a difference of, of how you look, especially in a conference like the Pac-12. So we're going to see. I think Harbaugh is an amazing NFL coach. I don't think Harbaugh likes to recruit. I don't think Harbaugh, Harbaugh likes to go in and kiss the butts of of 18-year-old kids, really. I just think Harbaugh is a tough-nosed guy. And I'll, I'll bring Cuervo in and ask him, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, how's he going to do at Michigan? I mean, I look at Stanford, and I'm just not ready to throw $8 million at him. Maybe I'm wrong here, but, but he is a great NFL coach. Uh, yeah, he is, Tarvin, and good evening to you. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he, fits, the, uh, he fits the NFL, um, you know, the uh, – you know, the, the, mold. the type of coach that you want, yeah, he fits the mold. And as far as college, I don't, I don't know so much. You know, I mean, if if that was the case, I mean, how how was it that he did? He was able to do what he did in college. You know, I mean, that would be my only, um, I guess. Well, having Andrew Luck, having Andrew Luck helped that out a lot. I mean, it did. However, you know, he also recruited guys like you know Richard Sherman and 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 uh, you know some of the other guys that are in the NFL that came out of Stanford. You know, some of the you know top name guys that are there. But um, I, I don't know. I I I think it's like I told Sonny. Um, I think a big reason why he he's going to take this job is because I really think that this could very well be his dream job. I mean, he's he's an alumni, and, you know, it's not like Michigan's been a powerhouse lately. I mean, the Big Ten is terrible to begin with, and, and for him to actually want to take this job and step down from the NFL back to the college ranks, it's got to be because this is the job that he's always dreamt about having. So that that'd be that's the only logic I see in it. 
Yeah, and I know he loves California, and I'll bring Trey in. And Trey, unmute yourself if if you can. But Harbaugh's family, I mean, they like California, but they wanted to go back home. And and Trey, I'll ask you, how big of an impact was his family wanting to go back to Michigan, a part of his decision? Well, I mean, it was huge. I mean, yeah, I think he wasn't yet assigned yet. We all think it's a formality, but the Raiders are going to make a huge push to him uh, this week as well. I mean, so this is a guy who still is touted, and there's some other programs in the NFL who um, have, have rumored to uh, send some channels toward Harbaugh. He has to really want it. His family has to really want it because the guy could take offers in the NFL. Uh, and just to talk about, um, you know, Richard Sherman was a great example uh, the guys who he brought into Stanford, and then there's a bunch of five-star guys who are committed right now or are at the Under Armour game right now, and all of them, uh, or not all of them, but several of the big-time five-stars have said if Harbaugh goes to Michigan, they're going to take a visit to Michigan. They weren't even on Michigan's radar before. So, I mean, you don't have to recruit real hard when you're a name like Harbaugh uh, because yeah. he, he won in the NFL. He's won in college. Uh, just like Saban, when Saban went to Alabama, kids started taking visits just because it was Saban. I think that's going to be the same for Michigan. Yeah, and I, I like Harbaugh. So everybody out there listening, don't get me wrong. I mean, if if you're Michigan and you could hire one coach, I mean, this would be it. But I just wanted to step back and and just look at this a little deeper than what it is. But Harbaugh is a guy that, that Cuervo, you don't have to worry about him coming in and, and actually losing a program, really. everywhere, you, Even San Francisco, I don't think he lost his team, really. Do you? I mean – I just think it was more the players saw what was going on with the leadership in that organization. For the San Francisco 49ers to to want to let Harbaugh go, I mean, where are they going to go? Where's San Francisco going to go? This is a boneheaded decision, I think, by this organization, and I think they're going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even think pay for I think paying for it is an understatement. They're going to – uh, lose out in every way possible. They're going to be a. They're they're, they're not even going to be a 500 team next year. They're going to downgrade and and coach unless they like, you know, you know, bring somebody like uh, Bill Belichick to San Francisco, which we all know that's not going to happen. But you know, the, the point I'm making is when you when you decide you make a move, you have to either get equal or better value as far as a coach. And as far as you know, how well they're going to coach your football team, and and I'm telling you right now, there's there's no possible way that the 49ers are going to get that. So, um, and, and you know, a lot of people don't realize it right now, especially within that organization, they're they're not going to be, they're not even going to smell the playoffs next year or the year after that, or probably even the year after that. So. You know, I I hope that the the you know the egos of that front office, um, you know, flexing that that uh, you know that pulling rank or however you want to say it, I I hope it I hope it was worth it because, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna make a dramatic uh, drop in the quality of the next head coach. I don't care who it's gonna be. It's not gonna be anywhere close to what they had with Jim Harbaugh. So, um, you know, whoever they get next, I hope the Eagles was worth it. Well, you look at the Niners, and if any coach could could develop Kaepernick, I thought keep him under control. It was Harbaugh, and now I, I just don't know the name you can go out and get. You know, it's kind of like this team, this organization screwed Alex Smith over, 
the way they did it. Now they're screwing Harbaugh, and Harbaugh's like, you know, I'm not going to be traded by you. I'm going to leave on my own terms, which I respect that from Harbaugh. But let's look at the the NFC playoffs right quick. The pitcher, Seattle with a one seed, Green Bay with a two. And this is going to matter if it comes down to Seattle and Green Bay because I just don't see, you know, it's going to be hard to go into either place and get a win. But you look at the the Lions with the six-seed Cuervo going to Dallas next week against the three-seed, and then you have the Cardinals, the fifth-seed, going against the Panthers. To me, this just doesn't look like a very dramatic bracket, really, if I'm looking at it. I just think this is straightforward. I think Dallas takes care of business. I think Carolina takes care of business next weekend. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be much excitement next week in the, on the AFC side. We could see some some good action on the uh, on the um, you know the AFC side, but I mean, I, I think the NFC is going is very predictable at least the first couple games, and uh, even beyond that, I think I think we're probably going to see uh, the the two by teams playing for for a shot at the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I mean, not much excitement in the NFC. I think we all know who's going to win these games and. And uh kind of makes you wish that, um, you know, San Francisco would have made the playoffs or some, you know, other teams could have maybe had a shot like Philadelphia or, or even the Saints. So nothing against the Panthers, but, you know, you, you, know, you get you, maybe New Orleans. I think New Orleans could, could uh, you know, if they get hot at the right time, they could beat some, some, uh, some of these top-tier teams on, on any, any given night. So... Uh, but you know, yeah. you got you got to you got to win to get in, and, and, and Saints couldn't get it done, and these other teams couldn't get it done. So, um, yeah, but it's it's pretty predictable as far as the NFC. Well, Trey, I'll go to you. I mean, looking at the NFC, I don't see a team of the Lions, Cowboys, Arizona, and Carolina. I see one team that has capability of going on the road, and winning a game, and that's Dallas. I mean, do you see anything different? I mean. The only threat to Green Bay or Seattle is the Dallas Cowboys, really. Well, yeah, I think, honestly, that the Detroit Lions could give the Cowboys some problems this week. Um, you know, the Lions are an up-and-down team. you got to remember, they played pretty well without some of their best weapons. And those guys are playing now, uh, obviously, that they were into the Packers today. Uh, but the Cowboys aren't a great home team. They went undefeated in the Rose this year, but they lost their games at home. So, I look at the Lions as a possible sleeper pick against the Cowboys, uh, and I look at the Cardinals, and I, I see there could be some drama through Stanton plays. The only drama is going to be how many points they score. Will it be six or or 12, really? But let's flip over to the side that really matters. I mean, a lot of drama going on, Trey. The AFC, I mean, Pittsburgh is a team. You look, they're already in the playoffs. This team could make some noise. And the AFC. I don't think anybody's talking about them, really. I look at the AFC, and I see all four teams that are in the wild card, Tarvin, the Bengals, the Ravens, Steelers, and Colts, depending on seeding. All of them could make a run. I mean, the Ravens did it last, you know, when they won the Super Bowl last time as a sixth seed. But you know they have at least the experience there. You know, love or hate Flacco, he's done it before in the sixth spot. You know, you have the Steelers with such an explosive offense. You know, the Colts are kind of been sleeping on, you know, they up and down, they get blown out by good teams. Uh, what are they really made of? Who knows? And then the Bengals, you know, nobody nobody believes in Dalton. So, you know, this is sort of all four teams could make noise. And I, I look at the Patriots and Broncos, and I see two teams that are that are pretty good right now at home. 
but, you know, all these teams can get high, and that's what you really need in the playoffs. Yeah, I like this Patriots team right now. I do not – Cuervo, I don't see anybody that can go into Foxborough, and I mean anybody in the AFC that can go into Foxborough and take away, you know, dethrone New England right now. This is a number one team there for a reason. I just don't think Peyton Manning can do it. I mean, I know you love Peyton, I love Peyton, but where what, what's happened to Peyton over the last few weeks? He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's – a lot of people are are wondering that, and 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 I kind of I'm kind of wondering that too. I don't know. If, uh, I, there's got to be an issue with with him physically. That's I mean, I, I'm I'm probably stating the obvious here, but the question is, what is it? Is it his arm? Is it his, his neck bothering him again? Is it a back injury? Because he just doesn't have the you know not that he has a cannon for an arm. I don't think. Um, I don't. I don't think anybody, you know, feels that he he's you know has a has a strong you know one of the stronger arms. But even some of the basic throws that we're used to seeing him make, he's he's just. I mean, they're they're coming up short, or uh, you know whatever the case may be. It's just not the accuracy is not there, and and I think there's there has to be an injury that is not being um, you know reported. So, it's called he's forty I, I years old and he's and it's cold. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that too, that too. I mean, you know, the cold weather, your body, t- your body takes takes a toll on you after, you know, once you hit a certain age. So, I mean, with that said, I mean, I, I think you know we're so used to seeing Peyton playing at such a high level, and now that he's you know he's got some years under, I mean, it's just like. You know, the when when Brett Favre got older, you know, everybody was like, "Wow, you know, he's not what he used to be." Well, yeah, of course, because he's thirty five, thirty seven years old. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, I I think there's an injury there too. But yeah, obviously, the age is, is you know something you got to think about. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk some NFL. You know, the playoffs start this Saturday, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I I think the AFC, like Trey said, and you you discussed, it's just so many either one of these teams in the in those these four the Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, or Colts could make a run. I like Andrew Luck. I really think you know he's a good quarterback, but I just don't think he has the weapons around him, the defensive side of the ball to do anything. I have my eye on Pittsburgh. That's a team with Ben Roethlisberger. If they get hot at the right time, they could make a push and maybe upset a Denver or a New England, but we'll see. We'll see. But tonight's action we're going to talk about before we go tonight, I wanted to really have a show to discuss the bowl matchups coming up. Uh, New Year's Eve, you know, even before there's some good games starting, and I and, uh, hope you can stay with us, Cuervo, as we discuss these. Trey, are you ready? Let's dive into it, man. All right. The the bowl playoff is here. And I'm going to tell you something, Trey, and tell me what you think. Outside the final four, tell me what you think the highest bowl ticket is to purchase out there right now. The highest bowl ticket, I'd say either the Peach Bowl or mm. – yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the Peach Bowl. You can get in for about fifty-two cents right now. They said you can buy a ticket for fifty-two cents if you'd like to go to that game. <laughs> uh, maybe. I'm serious. I don't think so. I'm serious. No, I've, I've read it. The 
the Outback Bowl, Auburn and Wisconsin, is going for a hundred bucks a ticket, and it's by far it, it's outdoing any of the New Year's Day six bowls. Uh, the purchase price. I mean, what is that saying for college football? I thought this would be excited. I think the, I thought these fan bases would be excited to to be a part of something like this. But it looks like, especially TCU and Ole Miss, the TCU fans are not even coming. I mean, what, what is it? Are they so disappointed that you know that they got left out, or or, or would they travel anyway? I'm not sure they would. Well, I mean, I mean, they might not. I mean, but yeah, this could be a little disappointment. It's not like the first time we've seen a team get left out of a championship type game and not travel well with their fans. I mean, it's not uncommon. Yeah, Trey, I'm gonna mute your phone just a second and see if I can clear something up and see if it was your phone or or some static. And Cuervo, I'm gonna do the same for you. I'm getting a a knock. Sounds like something's knocking. So I muted both of you. And it's gone away. So one of you, if you could check your phones, I'm not sure which one it is right now. But, you know, the Outback Bowl with Auburn and Wisconsin, you know, Auburn fans, one thing about them, they do travel well. And, you know, even after an 8-4 and four season, their fans are disappointed because bigger and better things were expected out of this team that, that fell just a second short of a national championship last year. But what disappoints me is you see teams like TCU, uh, get in there. Even Wisconsin fans won't even travel to, to watch their teams play in a bowl. I'm not going to get to go watch the Outback Bowl this year, but I try to make most of the bowl games or, or most of the games. But it, it goes to show you, you know, bowl games, they, they pick these things by by your fan bases. That's why this new New Year's Six Bowl could, could really suffer financially through some of these teams because at least the bowls, when they could pick their own teams, they could get the right fan bases and the right matchups to create some excitement. Now when you're watching Ole Miss TCU and it's supposed to be a big kind of like BCS game, hell, there's not going to be nobody there. I may ride out to the Georgia Dome uh, Wednesday night and give, give my 50 cents, Cuervo, and, and and see if they'll let me in because, I mean, for, I could get 50 cents to go watch that game. Right, right. Do you hear any? Do you hear any background noises at me? No, not right now. No. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of find I kind of find that a little a little funny. You know, you know, TCU they 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 cried about the fact that they didn't get in, and yet they're not going to go represent for their team. And you know, you can you can be upset all you want, but by not showing up to the game, what kind of statement does that make? That it, what it tells me is that you only care when, when it when you're on the big stage, you know you're you're not you're not you're not with your team. You don't stick with your team, no matter what the the situation is. So, you know, I I I hope I never hear a TCU fan complain about how they get left out and stuff like that when they don't even want to show up and make make the. And it's not like it's not like it's you know cross country. You're going to Atlanta. It's not. I don't think it's that far, especially in the holiday season. So, um, you know, TCU fans should, should, you know, go ahead and throw paper bags on their head for all I care. So, um, but to answer, I'm going to try and answer your question. You said the most expensive ticket to get besides the two playoff games. Yeah. I would, I, I would have to say the Cotton Bowl, Michigan State Baylor. Nope. It's the Outback Bowl. Oh, so it is the Outback Bowl. Okay. Well, yeah, but I, you know, Baylor. The the fact is, it's in Texas, so you could be. I'm gonna have to go recheck that one because 
for some reason, to me, that would be a real expensive game because maybe the Michigan State fans wouldn't travel, but I know Baylor fans are going to eat that up. Even though they're disappointed, that, that game's in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have to they have to go far to, you know, to travel or do all this. They can drive down the street and watch their team play against a formidable opponent. And uh, I'll check that, Cuervo. But I want to go back to Trey just a second. And, uh, and Trey, we're, we're going to start off right here in the bowl series here. I mean, you know, we didn't talk about all those other crap games that's been happening. But A&M West Virginia on twelve twenty nine, I believe that's tomorrow. West Virginia, Texas A and M. Can you believe West Virginia is favored in this game? Well, yeah, I, I can. Um, I mean, A and M isn't a very good team, uh, and West, West Virginia has been pretty solid all year. So, and they're without Clinton Trinket, who retired due to concussions, which is unfortunate for West Virginia. But I mean, this is a pretty even matchup. Yeah, I mean, this if you if you want to see offense and no defense. This is a game you want to tune into yeah. because both of these defenses suck. I mean, the quarterback play. I, I don't. Is Trickett playing this game? Or I heard he's giving football up. Does he? Does he mean he's not playing this game? No, here we go. He's done. He had five concussions, uh, and he's the guy. If you know anything about Clint Trickett, former FSU quarterback behind Winston, probably going to be a, a college football coach. Keep his name in. I guarantee. You in five, six years. He's going to be an offensive coordinator at a major university, maybe even look at a head coach gig. The guy's pretty smart when it comes to football. His dad's a, the offensive line coach for Florida State. Um, he basically decided that, you know, rather than get a sixth concussion and, and basically not be able to think anymore, he was going to give up, you know, playing for, for something else. So, yeah, he's done. Yeah, I can see that. But real quick, who are you picking in this game? Yeah, I, I'm going. I'm going against the trend, and uh, you know, I know the Vegas is going towards West Virginia. I, I think A and M is where I'm going to go. Well, Cuervo, where are you going to go with this game? I mean, two defenses that suck, two coaches that suck. I mean, who do you go with? Uh, I go with A and M, and it's it's for the dumbest reason, but it just it makes it it makes it fun for me to watch it. I, I just. I just cheer for every SEC team. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It may, it may sound like the dumbest thing ever, but honestly, I just I just go for SEC teams. So I, I, I'm taking A&M. All right, I'm going to pick A&M because I was joking about the coaches sucking. They're good coaches. Um, I'm going to go with A&M because I don't know. I mean, it's just I, I could pick either one. I'm going to go with A&M because they are – from the SEC West, hopefully that's good enough reason. You saw South Carolina take care of Miami yesterday being an underdog. So, hey, A&M may, may pull it off as well. And I'm getting some background noise, Trey. I think it's your phone. It's just like a beep. It's like it's a, a beep going on with it. So I'm going to mute you real quick and see what I can – see if that will help. And it helped tremendously. So I know it's Trey's phone. So, Trey, if you can get that addressed real quick. The next game tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, Oklahoma, Clemson. I mean, you'd think before the season started, the way these experts were talking, that this would be a, a Final Four matchup. But here you have an Oklahoma team that it's a very disappointing season. I mean, they lost to Oklahoma State to end it up. They really cost, I think, the Big 12 a chance to get into the playoff by losing to Oklahoma State. And then you have a Clemson team that's, that, to me, is, is just not that good. And Oklahoma comes into this game a four-and-a-half-point favorite, Cuervo. And at the end of the day here, I think after you watch this game, you're going to see 
how much better Oklahoma is better than Clemson. I just think this game has a, a potential of a blowout. I just think Clemson is going to get ran off the field. Wow, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I, I was going to bring up the question, how how is Oklahoma a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Clemson? But, you know, I mean, you would know a little bit better than I do if, you know, maybe maybe Clemson – maybe I'm trying to give Clemson a little too much credit offensively. And yeah, I guess because, you know, I'm used to seeing when they had, like, Watkins and, and, and all those guys. Uh, and, and obviously those guys have moved on, but – um, you know, Clemson's the number seventeen team, and and that that's what kind of led me towards thinking, well, maybe Clemson can win this football game. But you know, maybe maybe I'll kind of take your advice and, and say, well, maybe Oklahoma's the better team. Um, I mean, am I thinking too much of Clemson's offense? Is, is that what I'm doing here, or well, 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 hold on, I'm gonna bring an ACC guy and Trey, and after he does his spiel. Then we'll let you you make your pick, Trey. I mean, am I am I undervaluing Clemson in this game? Well, I mean, yes, you are, but for the wrong, I guess. But also, no, you're not. You're just doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, Clemson is a better football team than Oklahoma. The problem with Clemson is is they have huge guys who are injured. I mean, Deshaun Watts been the phenom, true freshman quarterback. He was playing this game. Clemson Clemson beats Oklahoma. He had his ACL scoped. He's done. They're starting running back, a couple linebackers. This team is real thin. The break did not help them. They had too many guys actually injured seriously. They're not, they're not going to come back to this game, Tarvin. Uh, and then with that, with all the injuries, I know Cole Stout, the quarterback for Clemson, is a, a veteran. Uh, but if you watch him play throughout the year, he's just uh, – if there's an anti-dynamic uh, quarterback, he's it. He's not very he's – not, he's not very uh, – you know, you're not going to get to a lot of thrill plays with him. Oklahoma, we saw what Bob Stoops does with time off last year with Alabama. I think Bob Stoops, the fact that Clemson is such an injured team right now, Oklahoma's better um, because of that. All right, Cuervo. It sounds like Trey's picking Oklahoma in this one. Who are you going to pick? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Oklahoma, too. I mean, I, I hear the word injuries, and I'm like, well, that, that tells me everything I need to know because <laughs> when, when, you're not, when you're not at 100%, um, that 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 really can you know keep you from winning games. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Oklahoma um, just because of the fact that Clemson's not at 100. percent Yep, I'm going with Oklahoma as well, and and I'm not trying just to beat Clemson up. They lost their offensive coordinator. I, I think that's a that's a key, and I don't think he's coaching the bowl game. Trey, am I wrong? No, his co-offensive coordinator is going to coach the game uh, offensively. Very similar style. But, yeah, I wanted—I was going to mention that as well, but just kind of ran out of time. But, yeah, that's another factor to consider. Trey, I'm still hearing that little that beep on your phone or something. Like, can you check that? Sounds like you're playing the drums or something. Are you Are you playing the drums tonight? Trey's the no, rock I was on mute. over here. I, I was on mute, man. Okay. All right, the next game, Texas-Arkansas. This is an intriguing matchup tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. I, this is one of the bowl games I looked at when I was looking at the whole schedule. I'm very intrigued about this game. Uh, Texas is wanting to show that they're coming back. Arkansas is trying to show that they belong. This is a team that that beat, I think they beat Ole Miss and, and LSU. I believe that's the two teams they beat in the SEC. 
Cuervo, Arkansas came in late, and they started playing some very good football. I just think this offensive line of Arkansas, to me, is just way too much for Texas, and I think they'll they'll struggle. Texas will struggle to score points. I think Arkansas could run away with this game. I don't think they'll blow them out, but I think Arkansas could control this game from the first quarter to the fourth with that running game. No, well, right now Arkansas is at six and a half as far as the, the line is concerned, and you know, I, I, I like Arkansas not just because they're an SEC team, but, but like you said, I mean, they've they played some good football the, the last month of the season. They beat LSU. They beat Ole Miss. And, um, you know, they, they they really started to gain a lot of momentum. And um, I think that's very important when you're going into bowl season is, is how well are you playing at the time. So, um, you know, that, that leads me to believe that I think Arkansas right now is the better football team. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, with the Hogs. All right, Trey. I mean, who do you like in this game? This is an old rival. I mean, this is an intriguing matchup if you like college football. Yeah, I mean, this is an old sort of, uh, what is it, the uh, Southwestern Conference Southwest. rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, the problem with this game is, is Texas is the, – the, by the way, Texas really wants to be here. But they're just not there yet. I like. I think Arkansas is a little bit ahead of where Texas is rebuilding. The fact is, uh, both quarterbacks are going to struggle probably. Uh, but I like the offensive line. I like the defensive line for Arkansas. I really like the running back situation in Arkansas. I think Tyrone Swoops, who's been good at times, but he's got thir- ten interceptions versus thirteen passing touchdowns. The guy turns the ball over. <laughs> He's going to be good, but not right now. I think Arkansas is going to be a little bit too um, – they're going to run away with it in the second half. I don't mean run away like score-wise. I mean like re- literally running the ball down Texas's throat, and they're going to – and then move all the guys kicked off Texas, Tarvin. They don't have a lot of depth, yeah. and so I think they're going to tire out. Yeah, and I think you have to look at Arkansas, who they played all year. Remember, they went to Texas Tech and beat them by 21 points at their place. They played the competition this year, and I think they were frustrated that they were kept coming up short. I think they pick out their frustration on the Texas Longhorns in this game. So we're all picking Arkansas, which leads us to New Year's Eve. I mean, three great games, or excuse me, 1230, not not just yet. Notre Dame, LSU, intriguing matchup. I, I look at this game, LSU favored by seven. I think Vegas missed this line because it started at eight. I just don't think that LSU is eight points better than Notre Dame, and it's not just because of the talent. It's the style they play. Maybe I'm wrong, Trey, but LSU beats Notre Dame just because of who they are, the talent they have, but I just don't think it's by seven. I think it's a little closer game than that. Well, I think Notre Dame is going to come out interesting. I think Zaire, the quarterback behind uh, – Golson is going to play in this game. They've been hinting at it. They've been practicing at him. So they're going to come out with some wrinkles, Carvin. But this is the most telling stat that I have for you. Do you know the last time that Notre Dame won in a bowl game versus their ranked opponent? 1928. <laughs> it ain't that far back. <laughs> you want to take a guess, buddy? Against Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's that. – no, Carvin. No, it was against Auburn. Oh. Um no. The last, time, okay, the last time, <laughs> the last time they beat a ranked <laughs> opponent in a bowl game. Yeah, it's an SEC team oh. now. Um, oh, it had to be. It had to be in the nineties with Blue Holtz. That would be my guess. 
1994 in the Cotton Bowl, Tarvin, against Texas A&M, who was ranked number six in the country. So it's been a long time. I mean, I, there's about ten losses versus ranked teams in between that span. The only bowl wins come against Hawaii and some other teams. Rutgers last year in the Pennstripe Bowl. So, you know, I like history in that regard, Tarvin. I don't pick I don't pick teams that can't beat ranked teams in bowls, and Notre Dame just doesn't have it in the last. You know, it's, it's been a decade, so uh, I'm going to LSU. Yeah, and remember these these big studs for LSU get time to get healthy, and the quarterback Cuervo get some more reps. So who are you going with? Um, you know, I, I I like LSU as well, Tarvin. I I don't think, like you said, um, seven points is, is quite a bit because I just the way LSU played, you know, ending that season, it, they 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 felt, it felt like they were kind of. Uh, let off the gas, and they weren't they weren't playing as well. And I think I think we could see an over. I I, I think we could see this game going to overtime. That's what I think. Um, I, that's how close I think it could be. We could see an overtime game, and um, LSU wins by a field goal. Yeah, I'm going with LSU, but I think around seven. I mean, I, I wouldn't bet on this game just because of their style. But the next game has a lot of intrigue to it, you know, to me. Louisville, Georgia, just remember uh, the defensive coordinator for Georgia went to Louisville, took a lot of players with him. Bobo, the offensive coordinator for Georgia, just took a job at Colorado State. And, you know, Georgia's had a down season, in my opinion. They they didn't make the SEC championship. Louisville, after that Florida State game, seemed to, to not be interested anymore. Trey, no Todd Gurley. Gardner, the quarterback at Louisville's out. I mean, what gives here? I mean, does, does either team want to be in this game? Well, I mean, that, that's what's really going to be interesting is, is whether or not these teams will want to be here. I will tell you, though, Tarvin, what I don't like about this is, you know, Dyer academically ineligible for Louisville. I think they're going to play with either a third or a fourth string quarterback. I think the first two guys are out. Um, and, you know, uh, last I checked, Jeremy Pruitt's still coaching, so that's probably going to be enough for UGA. The fact that you know Chubb is going to run pretty well in this game, Louisville isn't a great. Um, uh, actually, excuse me, Louisville's pretty good against the run, um, but I just think even with Bobo out, this is going to be closer than it should be because I think Louisville's really banged up and they should not compete with Georgia with a third or fourth string quarterback and they're starting running back academically ineligible. And they got, they're another team with a couple of real key secondary guys hurt as well. They shouldn't compete in this game. I think they will. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that Georgia wants to be here, Tarvin, but I mean, here's the thing, Nick Chubb and defense is what's going to win this game. Yeah. And Georgia, Georgia hasn't played well in bowl games, Trey, in the past. But I want to, one thing I want to ask you real quick about this game, Bobo left for Colorado state. And, and when I look at Georgia, one consistency that I've seen with them, the offense has been good. It seems like about every year with Bobo. I mean, how big of a loss is this for Georgia, losing their offensive coordinator? I think it's huge, and maybe I'm wrong. No, it is huge. It's huge for recruiting as well. Because while Bobo was a very popular coach. Uh, they got a couple of huge guys coming in next year's class, UGA does, who are already on the fence now. They're going to wait and see with UGA. So, this is a big move. Uh, you know, I think that uh, it'll be very interesting to see what Rick brings in offensively because he's going to need somebody like Bobo. Bobo was a phenomenal recruiter, too. That's what people don't understand as well. So, big loss, but not enough for them to lose against a very banged-up Louisville team. Yeah. 
And, and I, I just think Bobo is like the recruiting standpoint, but the play call and the comfort of, of the offense, knowing what they have, the consistency. I, I'm interested to see who they hire. Mark Rick's an offensive guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to go after somebody good. But uh, Cuervo, you, do you like Georgia in this game? Since you're pulling for the SEC, I'm sure you do. Oh, yeah, of course I do, Tarvin. And, you know, I, I mean, what's it, um, you know, both both teams, like you said, I mean, it's an intriguing game because they both have uh, key players uh, that are going to be out. You know, I mean, your guy, your guy, Michael Dyer, is not playing. And then I know I just heard about a, a key player on Georgia, and I forget his name now, but, um, you know, they're going to be missing a couple of guys as well. So it kind of – kind of makes you wonder this is like you know who's got the better depth on uh, on their team and of course I mean I, I kind of lean towards the SEC a little bit so I, I think I like uh I think I like the dogs to get get it done they're six and a half point favorite I believe correct yep yeah they are yeah, and so. so the dogs you have it there the Squarebo and Trey and I like the dogs and let's move on to New Year's Eve real quick so we can get to these main games TCU Ole Miss, TCU comes in a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, and, and I guess we have to figure out which TCU team is going to show up. I mean, that's the, that's the name of the thing. Which TCU is going to show up, Trey? I mean, I'm thinking Ole Miss has the defense to win this game, but if TCU comes in with a chip on their shoulder, I think they'll take care of Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I thought, and I, you, you and I talked about this game, I, I was all on the Ole Miss bandwagon because that defense is really legitimate. Uh, they're a little more banged up, where TCU is pretty healthy, and that's another thing, too. Is, you know, I don't like teams that go into bowl games banged up because, um, you know, while the layoff helps the, the, the backups get you know get the reps in, they have finals and other things going on, so it's not that great of reps. Uh, I think – that and this is a game that TCU is going to come in and want to make a statement. I think Ole Miss wants to make a statement as well for recruiting. I think both these teams I've heard, you know, from, from folks involved in these programs, they both really want to play this game. So I think this is going to be a very, very interesting game, good game to watch. I think TCU, I think offense, even though I normally go defense, I'm going Gary Patterson in offense in this game. I just think they want to make a statement, and I think they're going to be very, very hyped for this game. Yeah. Cuervo, who do you like in this one, buddy? Uh, I, I mean, um, I'm going to be pulling for Ole Miss, but I, I mean, I actually think uh, TCU could win this game. I just, I, I don't like the way Ole Miss ended their season. They looked flat against Mississippi State, and um, you know, they, they just, it doesn't look like they're playing very good football right now. And, and, and you know, Bo Wallace, I think his confidence was shook after they lost to LSU the way they did, and they lost to. Um, Mississippi State, so I, I I think TCU will win. Um, however, I, I think that um, you know I'm going to be pulled for Ole Miss, but I think TCU wins the game. Hey, Tarvin. Yeah, this. Yeah. One more stat for you, Gary Patterson. Six of his last eight bowls are wins. That's pretty good. Pretty good coach on, on under buys. Yeah, and I just. I don't know. I mean, this is a tough game to call. That's why you know you just don't know in games like this who wants to be there. But I'm going to pick TCU in this game because I think the quarterback here, the offense is is good, and I think Treadwell being out for Ole Miss is going to hurt them. I think their defense is good, but 
how how much does Ole Miss want to be here as well? That's another question. So I'm going to pick TCU in this game, and that moves us to the the night game here, the Orange Bowl, the Capital One Orange Bowl, Mississippi State, Georgia Tech. Trey, you're an ACC guy, and I'm sure you're going to pick Georgia Tech in this one. This one is a true toss-up because I I don't know what to make of. Uh, I've been an anti, um, you know, Mississippi State guy of the year. I thought they were very overrated. Uh, I think this is two teams that are going to face each other at the right time. The, the, the reason I think Georgia Tech is, is in trouble, they lost their star receiver in the Florida State game, um, and they're a team that doesn't have a lot of receivers. I mean, this is a option team. Mississippi State defensively has at least one or two guys who are guys who can stop an option. Uh, all they have to do is learn their assignments. The thing about facing a team like Georgia Tech is is on a week on a, on a, a single week carbon with the talent they have, it's very difficult. This is a very good Georgia Tech team, but Mississippi State with this amount of time to prep for it and learn their assignments, I'm going to go with Mississippi State, Tarvin. I, I think uh, I think the time off. Two very even teams, but I think I think Dak Prescott is a little bit better than the Georgia Tech quarterback. Uh, so I'm going Mississippi State. Well, I look at this game and and I see that Mississippi State lost their defensive coordinator. The way they ended the season, losing to Alabama and Ole Miss, the way they did. I, th- I look at Georgia Tech and I think they actually picked up some momentum playing Florida State the way they did. Call me crazy. But I think Georgia Tech goes in and pulls off the upset over Mississippi State. I think Dan Mullen may be jumping ship, too. You never know. I mean, the defensive coordinator leaving is huge. And Cuervo, I mean, it's going to be hard to get these guys motivated to play Georgia Tech. I'm I'm sorry. I just don't know if if Mississippi State or Dan Mullen's good enough to beat them right now. No, and, and, you know, I mean, I I think everybody fears the the triple option. I mean, that's Florida State. You know, Trey saw it, you know, as a, as a Florida State fan, that, that offense is no joke. And, you know, that's something that in the SEC you're not used to seeing is, is that style. So, you know, and I know Mississippi State has had, you know, what, a month, month and a half to prepare for it. But you can prepare for it all you want, but when you go up against it, it's it's different. It's different. So I think that's that's where, you know, Georgia Tech, uh, has the biggest advantage is just playing you know, against a defense that's never really seen it before. So, um, you know, again, I'm I'm gonna, I, I'm going to be pulling for the SEC team in Mississippi State, but I think I think you're right. I think Georgia Tech's got a really really good shot to uh, to you know pull the upset, if you will, off and um, you know uh, win this game. I'll be pulling for Georgia Tech because number one, it's it's going to piss Georgia fans off if Georgia Tech wins. And and it's just going to, you know, make Mississippi State look bad. So anytime Mississippi State can look bad, I'm all for it. So Trey's going – you and Trey are going State. I'm going Tech in this one. Well, Trey, that puts us to New Year's Day. we got to run through these pretty quick. I mean, we, we can talk about them. But Auburn, Wisconsin, just I – don't, I don't know what to feel about Auburn, Wisconsin right now. Trey Duke Williams coming in late. Just got here. Don't know if he's going to play. Ellis Johnson getting fired. I know Muschamp's there, but I just don't feel good about this game. Wisconsin coming off a fifty-nine to nothing loss, losing their coach. It just it just seems like a weird game right now. What do you think, Trey? I don't think Auburn has a problem. I mean, I, I just think they're too talented. Wisconsin is not a very talented football team. They're just not. 
I mean, Melvin Gordon is phenomenal. He's going to be a fina- just a freak on the NFL level. I, I guarantee you that. But they don't have a quarterback who can throw the football, and Auburn, Auburn can stop the run if they put everybody up there. Uh, Will Muschamp, believe me, that, that boy knows how to stop a run. Um, and so they're going to make Stavi or throw the football, and he's going to throw it right into Auburn's hands. I think this is a big Auburn route. And by the way, Tarvin, I just want to go back to the 31st, the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, I just want to say this. Uh, the fact <laughs> that Boise State's in this game is appalling to me. And give, you know, this is me coming to you, Tarvin, who, who usually is very much in favor of the little guys playing this game. But Arizona's going to destroy Boise State. Why, why do you let a team like Boise State come in and take the place of a team? I mean, this is the worst game out of all the – I mean, I put this game December 20th or something. That's how bad this game is. I, I don't like Arizona, but Boise State getting a New Year's Day Six Bowl, I mean, or New Year's Six Bowl, it's just depressing that you have to, to go outside and bring the little guy into play. I mean, why are they doing that? I mean, Boise State's not a very good football team, and they're they're taking the place of a team that's deserving. And 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 I don't know who that yeah. team is, but there's a team out there that deserves to be in a game like that. They don't. Yeah, I just and I think Arizona's going to take up behind the woodshed. And I mean, this is not a Boise State team that played Alabama or Oklahoma in years past. I mean, this is not a uh, an undefeated or you know amazing one-loss team that lost in the last second field goal or a miss. I mean, this team got beat by two touchdowns by Air Force, and you know I love the Air Force Tarzan, but you know <laughs> you know that they shouldn't be beat. Yeah, Cuervo. I mean, Auburn, Wisconsin. I mean, who wins this game? Um, well, I'm, I, I, I. That's tough. I mean, it all. I guess it all depends on which one of your uh, defenses shows up, Tarvin. Is it going to be, you know, the defense that that actually looks like they know how to play defense, or is it going to be the one that, you know, let uh, let teams rush all over them, like you know, the the defense that Georgia went up against and that's you can't do that against melvin gordon i mean that, that, that this guy will rip you apart and i i just <laughs> you know auburn's had a month to prepare for this guy and i and i think malzahn and, and his guys uh will do fine i mean they're gonna i mean they're not gonna are they gonna completely shut gordon down no but they'll do just enough to contain him they'll do just enough to uh, win the football game, so uh, I'm uh, I'm going to be pulling for your Auburn Tigers. Well, there's a lot of, you know, I don't know how long Auburn's been preparing for Wisconsin. Honestly, I don't know how much better this defense can get right now. Muschamp's not coaching the game; he's not even coaching the practices. He's just been evaluating it. But there's been a lot of people, some underclassmen, declaring maybe they're they're interested in going to the NFL. We know Sammy Coates is going. Duke Williams just made the trip. We don't know if he's going to play. I just think there's a lot of just strife going on, kind of maybe not. Maybe not. That's not a good word, but some confusion and not enough focus on this game. Don't be surprised if Wisconsin comes in and beats Auburn. I mean, this team can run the football. Auburn's not real good at at stopping people. I mean, they would have beaten Alabama if they could have stopped anybody, but. Getting beat 59 to nothing and embarrassed does something to a, a person. If you've ever played sports, there's nothing you want more than to get back on that field and show that you're not as bad as as, as what just happened. And I'm, I'm from the school that the Big Ten uh, told Wisconsin, if you're going to lose, lose big. And I know Trey doesn't agree with me, but I, I think they come out and give Auburn a game. I think Auburn 
wins it by about a touchdown, but I think it's going to be a close game, a close high-scoring game. I think both offenses can score. So we'll see about that one. An intriguing matchup, Baylor-Michigan State, Trey. I mean, this game's in Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Baylor's playing a good Michigan State team. And how much is Baylor going to want to be there? The coach has already popped off his mouth. I, I think this is one of the most intriguing matchups of the Bulls. Trey, that's to you, buddy. Let's see if we lost Trey. Yep, hold on. We lost him for a second. Trey, hey, Michigan, yep, State, Miss Michigan State, Baylor, who do you like? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, Art Bryles, I think it's focused for this game, Tarvin. I think Bryce Petty has made a lot of statements that, that indicate his focus for this game as well. The problem with Baylor, Tarvin, and, and Katie Cannon, who who is a phenomenal freshman receiver for Baylor, who's going to play in the NFL, true freshman, true freshman All-American, he's going to be going against a senior cornerback, a big guy. Uh, Michigan State has two guys going to be drafted probably in the first or second round in the, sec- in the secondary this year. So they're going to have some matchup problems that Baylor is with Michigan State D, Tarvin. I think that D is spicy for Baylor. I think Michigan State, we saw with D'Antonio what he did last year in the bowl games. This is a guy who coaches well in bowls. Uh, I I think they have the defense that stops Baylor. I think we're going to see a very similar score than we did from Central Florida last year with Baylor. Well, guys, I've got to go pretty quick. Cuervo, who do you like in this game, bud? Um, I, I, I like Baylor, you know, for a lot of the same reasons. You know, you talk about making a statement. I think Baylor will get it done. I agree as well. I like Baylor. This is an interesting game. I think it'll be higher scoring than people think. I think Michigan State's going to be able to score. But I think Bryce Petty and that Baylor team's just too athletic. And, and we'll see if I'm right. Well, let's let's move to the final four real quick. This is really what we came to discuss. I want to get this in real quick. Florida State and Oregon, Trey, in the Rose Bowl, 5 o'clock Eastern on the 1st. I mean, Oregon's a nine-point favorite. I mean, first of all, what do you think about that point spread in this game? Well, I mean, I think it's going to be a good a good point spread for Florida State. I really do. I mean, I, I look at this game, Tarvin. Florida State is as, as healthy as they've been since week one. Uh, that, that's crazy to think about. With you think about the like, team against Louisville, they had seven of nine linebackers not play. They had two starting defensive tackles not play. They played the game without a starting quarterback and won the Heisman. This is a team that has played without a lot of guys, both first, second, and third stringers, uh, and they've played a lot of true freshmen because of it. They're real healthy, Tarvin. I like Florida State in this game outright. Cuervo. Yeah, um, you know, Tarvin, I, I think, um, that first of all, the, the spread of nine points, I think it's a slap in the face to Florida State. I mean, you're talking about the defending national champions, and you can say what you want about about uh, how their season has gone and things like that. But guess what? They're the only undefeated team. So you can take that however you want. And, and I think a nine, you know, Oregon being favored by nine, I think I think it's a slap in the face, uh, and it's kind of disrespectful to Florida State. And I think they come out and they show that well, you know, just because we're not high flying offense like Oregon is, doesn't mean that we can't uh, play against that. So I I, I look for Florida State to um, you know really come out with a lot of energy, a lot of energy, probably the, the energy that people think Oregon's going to come out with. And I, I mean, I really think that Florida State wins this game because the, the who's the one team in the past that Oregon's had the most trouble with? 
it's been Stanford. I mean, besides this year, and Stanford is is a big physical team, which Florida State is the same type of team. So I'm just kind of putting two and two together, and and I think Florida State has what it takes to stop the fast-paced offense that is Oregon, and I think the Noles get it done and they move on to the title game. Yeah, I've watched Oregon play this year, and I've watched Florida State play a lot this year, and, and Trey brought up something good about the health of Florida State, and, and also they're playing a lot of young players that through this month off, they, they've gotten healthy, they're learning more, Fisher's able to develop them and prepare for Oregon. Oregon's a lot easier to play when you've had a month to play. And if you remember the 2010 championship game when they played Auburn, Auburn's front controlled that game. And and they really put Oregon in some bad positions. And Florida State has some freaks. They have freaks on that defense. And, and they're not as good as last year's team, but they're still pretty good. And I think Winston, with all the, the issues they've had, him being in the media, one thing you haven't heard is a lot of crap about him after, after he – they didn't find anything on him. I just think that Florida State, when they have to play, they play. When the spotlight's the biggest, that's when Florida State shows up. And I just think Vegas missed it. I could be wrong here. Oregon could come out and blow them out or something. But I'm going with Florida State just because this is a team filled with SEC talent. When I watched Oregon play against Arizona in the Pac-12 championship game, I just wasn't impressed that their offensive line – at the way they play, they finally just beat Arizona because Arizona couldn't score. They couldn't move a ball or get a first down, but I don't think it's because Oregon's defense is great. But Jimbo Fisher, with a month to prepare, I think the coaching staff's better. Trey, I mean, I'm going to go with your boys and pick Florida State in this one. I mean, anything else you want to add about this game? I think the coaching matchup, nobody's talking about that either. Yeah, and you got to remember, Oregon's All-American cornerback blew his ACL in practice, isn't going to play. I mean, you think that might be a matchup Florida State exploits? Absolutely. So, you know, Florida State healthier. Oregon's had problems with health in the bowl, losing their All-American corner. Uh, I mean, I think Mariota's going to play real well, Harvin. I'm not discounting that. But I think Florida State's going to get it done. Yeah, I'll be pulling for the Knowles in this one. I mean, this is a team that, you, like Cuervo said, they're undefeated. And the ACC is a little better than people give them credit for, too. And I think you'll see that as these bowls unravel a little bit. That, that Florida State's got a bad rap. And, and remember, these point spreads are about perception. The nation is in love with Oregon. It's just like that offense for some reason. But I think that Florida State defense can get after it, the speed they have. That's the, that's the way you beat Oregon is on the defensive side of the ball, that offensive line. You think Washington State was tough. Just just wait till you play Florida State, guys. This is going to be a fun game. And the, the night cap, 830. Alabama, Ohio State, and Trey, I'll start with you. I mean, is it just me, or is is everybody ready just to move Alabama on to Dallas to play in a championship game? That that could be scary if you're a coach for Alabama trying to get your kids focused because I don't think anybody's given Ohio State a chance. Well, I mean, that, that's very, very true. Saban has been a guy who before has had trouble with you know getting his guys prepped for games, but not big games. I mean, not national implication games. Uh, yeah, when they didn't make the title game, he's had trouble problems focusing guys. Uh, maybe, so maybe we'll see a little bit of that in the first half. I, I think I, here's what I have a problem with. Now going back and forth, Ohio State's defense is actually pretty good, and I think they may give Blake Sims some, some problems. I really do. But I keep going back to this. Is Nick Saban a better defensive mind with Kirby Smart than a third-string quarterback? And you know, I, 
I'll tell you what, I, I don't know, you know, I try to have a stat for everything, Tarvin. I don't know last time a, a third-string quarterback won anything uh, BCS level, um, <laughs> big game level, uh, you know, in college football. I, I can't. The last time I can recall it happening was Marcus Outson for Florida State playing in the 1998 title game, um, and, and Tennessee won that game. You know, obviously as Pervo knows. So that's the last time I remember a third-string quarterback playing for a title, uh, and I, I count this as playing for a title, and it, and it didn't go so well for Marcus Outson. I don't think it's going to go so well for Cordell Jones. I think Alabama rolls. Cuervo. T. Martin is still my idol, by the way. Um, now, all right, but back to this game now. Um, I, I, I really think that which what could help Ohio State stay in this game is the youth of the quarterback for Alabama in Blake Sims. I'm telling you, if, if, if this guy had a, another year – of experience, I don't see why Alabama couldn't win this game by 30 points. But because of the fact that he's young and, and this is by far the biggest game that he's played in so far, if he wins this game, then obviously the stakes are even are as high as it gets. Um, <clears throat> I think that's what's going to allow Ohio State to, to stay in it, you know, and, and – what what I I just think that the the talent doesn't even match. You know, everybody everybody in their mind remembers the last time Alabama played in, in a bowl game, uh, and they got they got dominated by Oklahoma. Well, this this is a more motivated team. This is a team that actually that actually wants to be there, and and, I, and people can argue it all they want. I'm sorry, Alabama didn't want to be in that Sugar Bowl, but you know, it's it, it that that was last year. We're talking about this year now, and. I think I, I I'm I'm one of those Tarvin. I mean I'm already punching the ticket for for the uh, Crimson Tide to Arizona to play for a national championship. I just don't see any way how Ohio State can beat the talent that is on the Alabama side and 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 you know on top of that I'm sure Urban Meyer is thinking about other things like holy crap. I got to go. Probably got to go up against Harbaugh for the next ten years in Michigan. So there's a lot on his plate right now. So so I, I, I'm go, I'm going to go with the Tide. Well, I look at this game, and and you remember me trading Cuervo. If you you've been on the show with me a lot, I've said it all season. There's not a team in college football that's just the best. I mean, I think this is the open as it's been in forever that I remember watching college football and. And one thing, Cuervo mentioned something real important. I, I mean, he's a senior, Blake Sims is, but he's not an experienced like a starter that's been here. You looked at the Iron Bowl this year in Tuscaloosa. His nerves got him for the first two and a half quarters, really. They, he was almost ready to get benched before Auburn's defense showed up and, and let him score 55 points. But the one thing Kirby Smart said that Auburn exposed us. But I, I don't think Auburn's the only team that exposed the Alabama defense. It's just not that great this year. And and if you're Ohio State, to beat somebody like Wisconsin 59 to nothing with a third-string quarterback, you have to have some confidence. You have to have some talent on that team. And all Ohio State's heard for a month is, you shouldn't have been in this game. TCU or Baylor should have been there. And you can't beat Alabama. I mean, there's so many things. That, that you have to look at when you're looking at a game like this, I don't think Alabama's just going to go in there and, and run them off the field. It's, it's possible, but I think Ohio State, with a month to prepare this quarterback, 
it, it's going to be closer than what people think. I think Alabama's going to win the game, but I think it's going to be closer than the nine points that Vegas is giving. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, Trey. You said Alabama's going to roll, but what if Blake Sims, Trey, comes in and and the the stage is just too big for him? I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think Ohio State's defense is good, and I really do. And I think Blake Sims will struggle for a while. I just what gets me, Tarvin, is Amari Cooper is going to break. I mean, break off something fierce at some point during the game. I think Yeldon and Henry are going to wear down the defensive line, and I think unless Ohio State can jump out with some 14-0 lead, which I mean, do, does any of us, I guess, think that's a possibility? I don't know, uh, but I think no. that's the way Ohio State has to do it. I think they have to do it. In a, in, a, in a sort of a compelling fashion from the very beginning, and they have to get Blake Stems right all. They have to score touchdowns off turnovers. So I mean, it's just a lot. There's a lot of ifs for Ohio State to win this game. And I'm not saying they can't. I mean, I think they're a legitimate team, but there's just too many ifs for me because I had to go through the if game to get them to win. Where Alabama, I just think has to play a solid football game, and I think they win because I think Cordell Jones and and maybe he's. And let, let's, let me – I've done my scouting report on him, Parker. And Braxton Miller uh, is a very quick, small guy who has a cannon for an arm. So was Barrett. Barrett's an elusive guy who can break out of the pocket, who can flip tackles, who can break off down the field for huge runs, which he did a lot this year. Cordell Jones isn't. He's a six-four, huge sort of Dante Culpepper kind of guy. He doesn't have that kind of speed. So he's not going to have this capability from the pocket that Barrett did. And I think that's going to matter when you have a defensive line – like Alabama. Now, the secondary absolutely is going to be suspect, but he can't just throw it up like he did against Wisconsin and hope that, that his receivers come down with it every time. Yeah, and another thing you have to remember, Alabama's heard they've been exposed, and and that defense is going to be looking to make a point. But, I mean, Trey, who do you have winning the whole thing? The whole thing, Tarvin, I'll tell you this. I think as much as it pains me to say it, I think it's going to be Bama, FSU, and I think Bama is going to get a three-point field goal win over over FSU. I think Sonia and the Minton household will be happy. I think I'll be unhappy. But I think Bama cuts down the nets, if you will, on the Final Four. Cuervo, who do you have winning it all, real quick? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with I'm on the same I'm on the same page as Trey is. Um, you know, I think it's going to be Alabama versus Florida State, and um, I think I think Saban gets one over uh, Jimbo. At least for this year, and um, you know the the tide the tide are champions once again. Yeah, I'm gonna hold off on my prediction just now. If I had to guess, I'd say Bama, but you know me being an Auburn guy, it's just I can't pull for Alabama. You know that. So I'm trying to figure out ways to you know other teams can win this thing. If Oregon plays, if they get past Florida State, I think they have a shot. You know, Mariota, the quarterback, he is and. And it's, it's it, you have to ask the question: When's Oregon going to win one? This is the perfect year for them, Trey. If I mean, could I say if Oregon's ever going to win a championship, this is going to be it? Because I mean, how many more Mariotas are they going to get? Yeah, I mean, Oregon recruiting-wise is actually a little bit better now than they were at Chip Kelly, but they're still not to the level that uh, they're going to be able to compete on a year-in year-out basis without a guy like Mariota coming back. So this is their this is their year for sure. And I'll tell you this, Tarvin, I, I, I may hold off my prediction overall, too, because I want to see, the, obviously, the final two games and see who's going to match up. But I will tell you this. I think that if Florida State and Alabama do play, they're not only playing for the national title, they're also playing for the recruiting title as well because both of these are the only two teams that can win the national recruiting title as well this year. 
Uh, so I think a lot of recruits are watching these games, and this is going to be a huge game, not only for this year, but for the next three years as well. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks a lot for everything tonight. A lot of great talk. We had to fly through some of these games, but I have to take care of some business. I've got to actually go into work and uh, take care of my wife. She's not feeling too good. But uh, anyway, guys, we're not going to have a show probably Wednesday night. It's New Year's Eve, and I'll be working late. And But we're going to have a show soon. Coach Lett's going to come on with us and discuss the Tennessee Volunteers bowl preparations and their, their game over Iowa. So we'll get him on in the next show. And uh, a lot of good stuff. I mean, I, I like the radio shows in the off season too. I mean, the, the shows during football season are fun. But, but Trey, I mean, I don't know about you, but I seem to like talking sports when there's no games going on. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to be the only thing on, on network or on TV or radio still still pumping college football. It's great. Yep. All right, guys. Cuervo, enjoy your week, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, sorry about your Bears. Next year will be a better year for them, but we'll see you in 2015, guys. Take care. All alone. You gotta take your soul. You're on your own.